0: Following was produced by Pirate Radio Studios Incorporated in Memphis, Tennessee.
1: Hello, my name is Rick Cheddar, and this is From Radio Land. Greetings, salutations. Hello, hey, how's it going? Welcome to another episode from Radioland from the home office in Memphis, Tennessee. This is episode 396. Uh, with another big show ahead of us uh, here, as we cruise, you know, we're coming up on four hundred, four hundred episodes. That's four hundred weeks. That's a long time. If I were, to, if I were, if I were clever enough to do the math in my head, or you know, thought about it in advance, I could probably tell you how many years it is. But I'm guessing it's about seven, eight years, something like that. It's a long time. And during that time, this show has gone through quite a few changes. You know, of course, we started out with just, you know, the sort of this little weird ranty thing that I was doing at the very beginning. And a lot of it came from just the storytelling from my early days in FM radio and how it's morphed into what, the things that we're doing now, uh, which is uh, has been quite the adventure, internet radio being exactly what that is. And it was the birth of Radio Memphis and uh, the early days of all of that. And as time went on, we were bringing in people into this program and, and, and doing different things. And then uh, we started pulling some programming off of Radio Memphis itself and adding it to this program, which was good, you know, but uh, the pandemic came and changed a lot of the way we were doing things so one of those aspects was the fact that we had to take people and throw them out of the studio <laughs> that's why here in studio a uh which is really the the very beginnings of where radio memphis began uh it's it's the the spirit is still part of the whole aspect of it and and it's part of the fun and i can't say that i don't like it. I think it's a blast that we do this, and I've been working off and on with our friends over at World Star Promotions, uh, Eileen Shapiro, who has now become our booker for this program and has been feeding us some great stuff over the past several months, uh, many months, and we've got more as we've gotten back into the graces of World Star. And this episode certainly is a good example of that. Here in a moment, we're going to have a conversation with Randy Edelman. Now, there is another difference that's going to happen here, and it's something that uh, you might want to. I don't know. It might be interesting to you. There, there are others that are out there that don't know the show that are about to discover it. And that's why we're we're doing this in a weird way. Because here in Studio A, I am now also videotaping this program. Which, pre- it presents its own oddness. I'm used to wearing headphones. I'm not wearing them right now, which is kind of bizarre. I'm having to look. I have to look at my audio visually. I have to look at a sound thing to make sure that it's visually, you know, cool. <laughs> And so far, it seems to be working. Making sure this is turned on, that's turned on, and all of my little lights and switches are doing exactly what they're supposed to do. It's an odd experience, that's for sure. But I'm no stranger to it, having been in the broadcast business, included, you know, radio of course, but a lot of television and some film work along the way. It's uh, it's an it's a neat added bonus to this. And this is something that you know years ago you never really would have thought about because uh, it's the, the internet once again has leveled this playing field and made things so much. Uh, more fun and more accessible and the things that you can do are really you know really quite impressive and we're sort of growing along that as well. And a, a lot of thought and energy has gone into this to this point to, to see if it was even remotely feasible. So Eileen and I got to talking a little bit about it. And, you know, I think a YouTube channel for this program, I think, is uh, applicable. I think it's appropriate. Uh, I'm not sure exactly what form that will take, but it will happen. And this will be the first episode of that. Not even sure when that's going to be, you know, um, the way it works for those of you that are new to the program. Uh, the audio version of this uh, from Radioland occurs every Sunday. It's available on our website at radio-memphis.com. And all the usual podcast outlets, it all happens at the same time, including those bastards over at iHeart because they'll steal everything. we you know. If you don't nail it down, they'll steal it. So it's there, where, uh, where just wherever you get your shows, Spotify, everywhere. And having said all that, uh, adding YouTube to the mix seems like an appropriate thing, especially since we're doing a lot of interviews via Zoom. And Zoom and Google Meet and screen recorders and all that, they allow us to record them so you get to see what's happening. Because sometimes you get into a conversation with somebody and you kind of wonder, you know, when you're listening, I wonder who that is. I wonder who that person looks like. Instead of looking them up, you can see them right there in front of you. And so far, we've got some great shows that are coming up. And uh, that, that'll be cool. Now, the audio, as I was mentioning, of course, it's available everywhere on Sundays. And then on Wednesday nights around midnight, uh, Thursday morning, depending on where you are, it actually airs at Radio-Memphis.com. It airs after the Spud Goodman Show. And now, uh, somewhere along the way, we're going to be adding to that YouTube. And I'm not sure exactly what those drop dates will be. And there may be a flurry of shows that will all hit at the same time. I'm not sure. It, we're just going to just add that to the collection. Once one of the shows happens, within a week or so, the next one will come. And then the next one, and you know, as, be that as it may. Uh, We're not really thinking of it as a television show. It's just maybe just another way to reach an audience. And it will be a little bit different. Uh, The YouTube version will be a different edit of the program. And when I talk about that, I mean that, you know, for example, in this program coming up, there's going to be some music involved. And because of YouTube's really goofy copyright strike system, even though we have permission from the artists to play this music... YouTube will have a fit, and then we don't need to get into all that. So that will be cropped out of the YouTube version, but on the audio version, it will be there. So, yeah, for the most part, it'll be pretty much the same. I say that now, <laughs> but, but we but we will see. So, with that being said, uh, we'll uh, we'll launch on into it. We've got a fun one for you. Randy Edelman joins the program shortly. Randy is a uh, he's in a he's in the movie business. He does soundtracks for various films. He just did one. Well he's, well, he's he's constantly working, but he's got. He, we were just talking about, and you'll hear the story about the re-release of Ghostbusters Two. We're talking about the soundtrack, not all the poppy stuff that went in there, but the actual soundtrack. It's got quite an interesting story. You'll also hear about some of the other work and how it's done. How do soundtracks get made? Uh, for films and what's what all goes into it and just how vicious that industry can be it's fun it's a great story Randy's a great guy and you're gonna love meeting him and hearing his stories he's up next Randy Edelman joins from Land right after this. Does your current bathroom need to be updated immediately? Introducing One Day Bath and Shower Remodeling, the complete and hassle-free way to get the new bathroom of your dreams in as little as one day and for as little as $1.99 a month. Yes, the experts at One Day Bath and Shower Remodeling will come to you anywhere in the country and show you all the customized options. Now you can have a brand new bathroom in as little as one day. Large or small bathrooms, if you want a new bathtub or shower installed, we can do it in as little as one day. And if you call right now,
2: you can save $750 off your remodel. We make it easy by offering you financing as low as $199 per month. Call now to schedule your free in-home consultation. 855-380-5703. 855-380-5703. That's
1: 855-380-5703. Joining us through the miracle of the internet, all the way from uh, California, from the West Coast out there, a composer, scored a lot of movies, Mr. Randy Edelman joins us. Hello, Randy, how are you?
2: Good, how are you doing?
1: Doing well, good. Uh, thank you for your time. I, uh, I'm i I'm eminently fascinated by the the, the work that you do. Uh, scoring films, I, I know that's such a huge part of, of the movie making process. And a lot of people don't really consider it that much. Cause I guess we take the music for granted. It's, it's an innocent mistake to make, but once you take the music away from a film, it's all because it's just like, Oh, this is awful. This is absolutely yeah. brutal. <laughs> well, <yeah. laughs> um, I, you've, you've done a million films. Um, I, I I know there's some standouts with you. I mean, there's of course, ghostbusters too, was one of the big ones there for you. Uh, Gettysburg gods and generals, a uh, uh, tons. Uh, do you have do you, are you allowed to have favorites of your own work like that?
2: No, I, I don't even consider that at all. No, no, you just do them. And uh, you hope that they uh, come out. Well, it has nothing to do with the quality. Yeah. Sounds of the film. You, you, it's a very pressurized, uh intense, process on all of them doesn't matter if it's a silly comedy or a great you know period piece or an action film uh you you know you do it under you know enormous pressure and time constraints and and hopefully you you hope that the work that you do because you're not really in the end in control of it comes out you know close to what you had in mind meaning the music is used where you spotted it with the director and it, it it adds and enhances the picture. And so funnily enough, when you ask a question like that and you think back on things that are your favorites, normally they tend uh, with me to be how those, how particular scores came out in the end and were used. I don't listen to them. I mean, I'll see the movie once, you know, when it's done. And then if it, if everything fell into the right, hopeful, you know, hopefully the, the, the right place, then to me, it's a, um, that's the mark of the success of it. And, and of course, the way they used it and, you know, the levels, because once, once you get done with the score after the fight that ensues during that, and you give it to them, they're the ones that go on the mixing stage with the sound effects and dialogue and the music, and they can completely change what you've done. Yeah,
1: because that, that was a question I've often had about the, the stuff that you do. I mean, you know, you, you obviously you, you get the screenplay, you're looking through it, so you're getting some ideas in your head. But you, I guess you really can't do much of anything until you start seeing what's. Been yeah. No. Shot.
2: No. I'm gonna. Yeah. Back up a second. No. You don't get the screenplay. I don't care about a screenplay. It means oh, nothing. Oh, I see.
1: I see. You got it? Yeah.
2: You can, at the beginning, when you start doing this, stuff, say, oh, give me the script. First of all, you don't find out if you're going to score a movie until the very end. They, <laughs> you think it'd be wise to make that decision early, yeah. but of course they don't. Uh, you're the last person into a movie and every movie has, you know, sometimes it has a 20-year history, even though it may be the silliest thing. It, it doesn't matter. It may be there's, a novel it's based on or a screenplay and the studio put it in turnaround and the star dropped out. So these are long histories. And usually most of them, by the way, do not get made things that they spend a lot of money on. Don't get a green light in the end, but the ones that do, uh, the composer comes in very late in the game, obviously, as you said, makes a major contribution, but you're not part of this family. So when you come into the film and by the way, it doesn't matter what you're, creditor or what you've done you're the you're not you're the last guy in and it's like they almost dare you (laughs) oh really (laughs) oh yeah oh it's always always the same no matter what it is no matter there are certain elements that are always the same yeah no matter like i said i don't care if it's uh you know a comedy or or a, a wonderful a great film or something you may consider great Uh, When you hear about it and the subject matter, it's it's still the same thing. And, of course, a lot of it depends on the personality of the director. But most of the time, these guys have been in on whatever it is for so long. And they are uh, you're you're like the end of the road, you know, the absolute end of the road of a long story the making of whatever that movie is. And they're all long and involved.
1: So by the it's, time by the time you get called into this, this thing's already been cut, put together and ready to yeah, go, right? Yeah.
2: Yeah. And shown in shown in theaters to uh screened in a big time way. Now this is before the COVID, although it will continue now. Obviously, you know, a lot is changing with Netflix and all that kind of stuff. Right. But basically, yes, you are not only bought in at the end, but you're also bought in after they spent a long time on what's called a temp score and what they want is their temp score that's what they want that's what they they listen to uh now with the technology and obviously the last several years you know it used to be there was a music supervisor or they put in some music now at the drop of a hat the director and an editor not a music editor the film editor (laughs) can just press a button and if they want the Rolling Stones, it's the Rolling Stones. If they want a Mahler symphony, so that you know, let's see how this works. Oh, that doesn't work. Let's see. It takes a you know split second. So they work a long time on this temp score. Then they so it's not some little thing that they decided to put in. Okay, we need. Let's see. Each film has let's say fifty cues, fifty starts, music starts, and they're all well thought out. They've tried a million things in each spot, and that's what they use to screen the movie for an audience and the studio sees it and it come to you. Now you'll say, well, Jesus, what, what are you going to do? You, what are you supposed to do? And you obviously you want to do something unique and fresh and new. So, so any, I'm telling you something, a lot of composers wouldn't say this to you. You got to figure out a way around that. You got to figure out a way so that every cue that they have, which is, trying to support the scene whatever the scene is because that's why the director is using music right uh, No matter what the emotion of the scene is you kind of got to figure out a way to do that because they're stuck they're stuck on a a mood and an emotion of that temp score so <laughs> Good luck. That's yeah, a, that's
1: a, yeah. It's like a, what you a, said. They dare you to do this because yeah. you're, 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 there's like, I dare you to do better than what I was doing.
2: Right. Right. And they, it's, you know, it doesn't, it's it, obviously that's not stated, but that's basically it. So now, you know, sometimes, you know, when it's a, um, you know, if it's an action film or a drama, which people would think, oh, you know, that's where people really get um, turned on by, by the score and the music, that's pretty easy because those kinds of things, the scenes and the support the music will give it generally dictate themselves. It's dark, it's tense, it's blah 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 blah. But when I started out in this, after I'd done a million other things for years, um musically, uh I started doing these comedies yes comedies are your heart you know and if you listen to any of these scores if i said the movies which you know them all um the music doesn't sound funny it's not funny music because comedies have romance yes and action and horror yes and all kinds of things depending on where they take place what they are who the characters are that that's much harder than scoring what would seem to be the kind of thing that everyone can listen to the music and they kind of ooh and ah because it's so beautiful or so big and moving. So that's uh, that's easier on one of those kinds of things than what would may seem like, oh, that's just a little Adam Sandler movie or stuff like I wrote to Jim Carrey's film, The Mask, yes. or My Cousin Vinny, or the big Schwarzenegger, you know, kindergarten cop and twins. Those were... those. Were very difficult things to write to because it it's not only not dictated what the style is you have to figure out but where is it you if a comedy works you shouldn't have to ever ever play the comedy
1: yeah yeah uh, that that makes sense yeah
2: and I like we generally might sort of well it's not my rule but I always did them and I always if if the guy like Jim Carrey, Jim Carrey's brilliant. You know, I knew when I saw The Mask, this guy was doing this thing. is brilliant. Adam Sandler's a very talented guy in the right thing. Um, uh, Eddie Murphy has. A, if if these guys know what they're doing and the part is right, uh, then they can make they make that end of it work. My end in those things, depending on where they take place and what they are, is usually making the other. Quote dramatic places be it romance be it action be it f- work rather than the funniness of it that should be in the best case scenario handled by a really good comic a- acting person like joe pesci and my cousin benny or you oh, know sure. one of those yeah,
1: yeah because so, yeah they're carrying those scenes for you too so yeah. that you know that's, that's yeah a, and,
2: a and to that. um yeah so those things are are for me those were always more difficult than, um, the, you know, straight ahead kind of things. So, but, but as far as, uh, I mean, a a favorite, I, I, I've done so many and different kinds of scores and I'm completely, you know, it's a 24 seven thing. When you're involved, you're living the movie, whatever the movie is, no matter when or where it takes place. And, um, I just, you have to really concentrate on what it is. And I never know when I get done with it exactly. I mean, I think I know because I see it every day in my place, but (laughs) I don't know exactly how it's all going to turn out. But I put the same, I like to think that I put, you know, a hundred percent into each of them, no matter what they are.
1: It sounds like it's an incredibly intense process.
2: Oh yeah. From the time that the
1: the phone rings to the time you turn it in. No,
2: no. Yeah. There's no, yeah. Oh yeah. Well, yeah, it's and 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 before that phone rings, uh, you know, there's 50 great people for everyone that would be wonderful to score it. So it's, it's not, you know, so then that happens, and then there's always, you know, there's always each one of them, and um, it's not like they call you up and say, We want you to do this because we loved your score. to. Yeah. normally it's not like that even though it would seem like it would be it's just not the case you know
1: is it is it more like uh hey hey let's get randy in here because i've worked with him before or i like his well, style
2: uh, yeah very well that that's always a great way to work with someone you have a relationship with uh and and you you know all the there, there's very few of them but of course you know you know the spielberg john williams one and uh, danny danny Elton with uh, Tim Burton and Alan Silvestri with Bob Zemeckis there's those relationships that's great that's a great way to work but those really are few and far between oh sure and though I've had relationships with many people where I've done half a dozen films you would think it's sort of easier but when it comes down to it it's the same because it's a different picture whoever that director is you know I don't know what's going on in his life but it may have changed you know shit is going on and so they may uh be uh in a little different place depending on what the film is and and who by the way is side is sort of controlling them you know on on their case there's very few directors that have you know real ultimate control you know yeah i've heard that yeah it's it's not what you think yeah yeah and it's and so you're You're in the middle of a a big collaborative process, but basically the thing I love about it is, guess what? At three in the morning, I'm the only one sitting here trying to come up with something, even though what (laughs) they do is they come and they listen to what you're doing. They don't create it. So you still, the nice part about it is you're still making a contribution as one person involved in this unbelievable process. That's why I hate going to, to um, when a film is shot, which is usually in the odd case that you do have a relationship with the director. And like when we were doing, uh, what was it, Vin Diesel's Triple uh, X, you know, kind of this new kind of anti, anti-hero James Bond with Rob Cohen, who had just done Fast and Furious with, with him. And so I flew to like, uh, well, wherever it was, to Prague or someplace. And it's all fun. But you know what? Sitting on a film set, waiting forever for these people to show up, surrounded by all the stuff that's going on. I'm really I I don't like that at all. I like to just shoot the film. I'll come back in my little place here and I can look at it and think about it showing up on those things, although it's a nice, you know, social thing and you're hanging out with the stars and all that. I hate that. Yeah. I don't, I basically don't, won't do it. Well, of course, because it's
1: just, you you need to be in your own comfort zone and, and, you know, being a studio rap myself, I completely relate to that because it's nice to be able to just separate myself with everybody else and just, I'm here in my little bubble here and I can really focus on what I'm trying to get
2: done. Yeah. And, and, and then you're still, Bothered by them, you know, knocking on my door every morning when I'm trying to say, "Hey, give me a few days to like," because I always tell people, "It's not just you want. You have to. If you do this work, you have to be able to look at something and come up with something virtually right away, almost as you're watching it. However, there is a certain amount of thought, and that thought before you, I put my hand on the piano." or one of my samplers or something is very, very, I'm working on something right now that I just told them that this morning and they didn't get it, but I tried to make them understand. Let me look at this and think before I start telling you my great creative ideas, I'll do that, but give me a chance. So, you know, that's, so do you record it?
1: Do you record it in essence, a demo, uh, at first before you take it to an orchestra or you just go straight in?
2: Okay. Um, well, it's just, too much to discuss. Well, you you know because you know the studio. Yeah. Obviously, technology has changed over years. And we're I, I I don't know how these people, when they went to quote years ago and these wonderful scores that were written, the guy had nothing but him. if he was a big time guy, he had a movie all in his house and a piano. Yeah. How could he show anybody really what he's doing? Well, he he didn't. And they had a go on the sound stage with a full orchestra before they they heard it. Um, now it's different because everybody can, you know, uh, stick up uh, a mock-up of whatever you want. And if you spend the time, it obviously sounds, with everything going the way it is now, it sounds, you can make it sound pretty great. And if you don't like it here, you're not going to like it with the London Symphony at Abbey Road. You know, right, it right. sounds virtually it's it you get the full power and emotion of whatever it is or if it's one instrument it's one instrument so um you you really have to um figure out a way to kind of convey it all but you i do play stuff but as far lately as me sending stuff i don't and if they don't like that I'm gone.
1: Yeah. Go because get else, right? I
2: don't have time, especially these days. I'd rather spend my time. This is kind of a, I don't, I don't, I imagine maybe somebody wouldn't say that to you, but I want to look at a scene. You know what? Same scene. What I love doing these days, I love coming up with two completely different ideas Why? for the exact same scene because you know there's a million things you can do oh sure within you'd say oh no uh film scoring you're you're it's not creative because a guy runs down the street he takes a gun out he shoots somebody and then they cut to you gotta write that yeah but guess what when he's running down that street i mean that's maybe a bad example you can do lots of different things oh sure it may be just percussion. it may be something a hot you know anyway so what i like to do is I like to take the time and when I feel like it come up with like a couple of ideas for each cue now when you're writing 50 cues for a film over an hour of music that's you know it's like someone would say oh that's crazy you're opening your you know you don't have that you barely have time to write one great cue so you're right, really going to try to write two or three ideas but I like doing that and what I the reason I'm telling you that is I want to spend my time doing that, not making demos, sending to a director right. who's in Israel or London or New York to critique. So a lot of people, they don't understand that. And um, that's that's their problem as far as me, you know. Yeah. I So I want to spend more time and then I'll put my ass on the line. I'll go there with it when I've recorded it properly. I'll sit in a great studio with the surround mixes and play a director. This is if he hasn't been over here a lot. I'll put my, you know, myself on the line and I'll play him a whole score, which he may not have heard a lot of, but I'll play him each different version and I'll take my time. And then I'll say, Hey, I'm out of here. Everything is perfectly locked to the picture where it goes. Spend a few days. I know you're a little freaked out now. And that's the way I like to do it. So I'm presenting uh, a a proper version, not a demo. You can call it whatever you want, but a really well-mixed idea of the queue. I don't give it to them if it's not right. Right. So that's what it is. And then they live with it. And then invariably, they will find something they like, a couple of things they really like, and start screwing around Uh using those things at places that those things don't go <laughs> where they you know what i mean yeah that's when yeah. you run into trouble and that's why the great genius leonard bernstein scored one picture a great picture called on the waterfront yes now they made musical films out of you know his musicals west side story etc but he never had anything to do with them he wrote, but because they screwed around with his music and that was a great film with uh, Elijah Kazan, the director. They, they, he couldn't believe it. He freaked out. They, they took a piece he wrote at the beginning and put it in the middle, and took, you know what I mean? Yeah, and he shuffled just, it all around. He went, He wanted to kill him, so he just he never. He said, "That's it. Never, ever did he ever <laughs> uh, score one note of the film again."
1: So, how do you get be, get, get beyond that frustrating part of what you do?
2: Um, well, it's always. You, well, you so you've just, locked it in and it's what? done. You go to the next one. You, you go know, on to the next just, job. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're all the same. Hopefully some are good. But like I said, I mean, um, you'd think, OK, you've done 100 films or something. And all these things that have been odd things like Last of the Mohegans and Gettysburg and uh, all these kinds of things that have been successful as well as me being for a while certainly the king of comedy with you know with these things that i never was sure anybody was gonna see and they not only they're they're alive today bigger than ever really being shown on you know whether streaming or cable in every country in the world thank god um (laughs) but um it's it's you have to be able to sort of deal with it and you know you just like anything else that you do or you get used to, you know, you get used to it, but as, as difficult as it is, it's because if someone does something and they, even if it's challenging and they go into the same place every day and they work with the same people every day, it can get, you know, boring. This isn't the same because you're dealing with a completely different film, a completely different group of people a completely different direction and director and so that keeps it you know sort of I'd like to think it keeps it uh fresh sure you know so um that that's how you do it but it's always the same there there really are uh there's you know what there's no easy ones but I have to tell you that some people say you know I like working with the more Experienced directors, who everybody tells me, or are, are difficult. You know what I mean? Right. Now here, here's a person, the best, Ron Howard. Oh, yeah. You know Ron? Oh yeah. Look at the stuff he he's done. Just a brilliant talent. You know, what we did. We spotted the music in Greenwich, and then I never heard from the
1: guy. Oh my.
2: Ever. He didn't bother me at all until he came to LA before we scored it. And, you know, it's like, this is Ron Howard. I mean, he could say whatever he wants. He's done every kind of genre. And, and he said, but he knows he hires you. So, and he trusts you. Yeah. Now, other people would never in a million years, they're so worried or now the other guy, you know, in a crazy situation was Michael Mann, who's known as an absolute killer. And especially with music. Now I came into the last of the Mohegans in a very odd situation that I was just put into. It Mm -hmm. wasn't just a weird, and we didn't have a lot of time and he come up, came up on his motorcycle every day and we burned and had pots of coffee. And you know what? It was completely straight ahead, probably one of the easiest jobs I ever have. And now four million of my soundtracks later, a soundtrack with no songs, no nothing. And it's it's from, you know, and Alan Parker, who unfortunately passed away a couple of months ago, the great English director, my God, he was, as far as I'm concerned, the best director. I mean, he did stuff like, uh, you know, Midnight Expression and fame and then birdie and mississippi burning and you know i mean just great he he was just um you'd think he was a very serious guy but he was like a a beer drinking funny funny north londoner you know he was just absolutely i mean i was shaking in my boots uh just before i when i met him because he had done so many things uh birdie and shoot the moon and stuff that i thought were great i mean and um so but i found those things uh more at least for me as far as a composer uh, kind of uh more comfortable situations than a lot of these things with you know a lot of maybe
1: micromanagement
2: first, yeah as first or second time directors who, by the way, are? It's obviously sometimes these things would happen, and yeah, these pictures, these were big studio films. And I say, who, how, why is this guy doing it? <laughs> yeah. And those those guys, well, they're 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 nervous because if the picture's a hit, they're straight for the next ten years. Sure, they'll get other three or four hits before someone maybe finds out they don't have very much talent but they're there they'll get a handful of yeah some funny stories about you know i didn't have time and by the way now of course you know you look at your phone you press somebody's name up and you get their whole life from the day they were born but a while back even not as far as you may think you, you just couldn't you didn't do that so you know i'd be doing a film and they they the film was supposed to be like um ridley scott okay Mm -hmm. an experienced director but he's not doing it so this other person's doing it and i go who's that and he said well ridley scott happens to have a commercial company called scott free Mm -hmm. that do a lot of big commercials and i guess I, i mean i it filtered down to me that oh this is a guy he thinks really he loves this guy thinks he's very talented and he did a some commercial for Scott free or something. And obviously Ridley Scott could do this particular movie. I'm not going to mention it. And so this guy does it. So went through the whole thing with the guy. We went to London, happy road. We did the score. And then at the end of it, I said, you know what? What? I got to, I got to see what this guy did. I expected to watch some commercial that was like some wonderful music video type, maybe a minute and a half, two minutes of film. You know what it was? It was a shoe. A shoe. A stationary picture of like a Nike sneaker. I swear to God. Just it, a shoe. That's what it was. That was the commercial. It was a shoe, I swear to God. I kept saying, well, that can't be it. It's got to be some moving. No, this is what he did for, you know, so. <laughs> okay. then you go okay but then you understand i'm glad that i didn't delve into it because once you're involved in scoring a picture it doesn't matter you just got to go straight ahead and do the best you
1: can yeah go ahead and get in and do the job did you ever score any commercials yourself
2: uh no i've had a lot of stuff used for a commercial but i don't i they were stuff of mine basically film stuff that companies would buy lots of them
1: oh yeah yeah because yeah. i guess once you're done with it it's out the door it's it's off to go oh
2: yeah they, they yeah a lot of my stuff uh, i mean sports stuff opening the super bowl the olympics yeah uh you know the whale jumping out of the water for pacific life insurance you know i mean so they just i didn't i, I didn't have to do anything yeah they, they, they would just recycle stuff. it don't they they well they they just take my recording. Yeah, You know, they don't even and and edit it and make a deal with whoever owns the the music, whatever studio or if it's me, it's me. So that that's kind of nice because I don't have to do anything. And it's, you know, a lot of people I'd always get calls from like the director produces the movie kind of pissed off and saying, hey, did you see they used our music? These are most of the time pictures that didn't exactly do well. And, And I'll act like, oh, God, I. I don't have any control of that. Of course, they're not getting anything out of it. The only person who is is
1: me. Well, of course, it's your work. <laughs> yes, exactly. So,
2: you know, so, um, so with anyway.
1: with music being such the big storytelling tool that it is in in these films, how different is that than you know going in and writing stuff for yourself? so I wanted to talk about this new song that you have. Uh,
2: oh well, yeah, okay. I'll, I'll quick, yeah, because I want to talk about that because I'm I'm really into uh, writing film scores. And doing songs is a completely different thing. I stopped writing songs a million years ago uh, because I don't have time or interest. This is a challenging musical thing. And so, after years of writing lots of songs recorded by many people and my own albums, I got into this, which for me uh, is and was a much more rewarding thing. Uh, but then, uh, you know, after a certain amount of time, and this year, because of this whole situation with the COVID thing, I came up with this idea and I had a blast working on this song that I did all back here myself. And it's a much different kind of thing. It's not one of my big ballads or it's a really fun thing called coming out the other side of a sort of, it's a fun thing about the COVID thing about being locked up and then, you know, we're going to be able to, and, and so I had a blast. It's basically the title of it is, Um. uh, Grab your hat, put your best suit on. That's the title of it. But of course, that's a difficult title, so I called it "Coming Out the Other Side." There's a story behind that, but I won't get into it. So, and it's just a blast.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's I. I I've been talking to a bunch of musicians around here about how how last year was so difficult for everybody. Twenty twenty was just just a shit year for everybody involved, and I'd made this prediction on the air about the idea that I do believe that fairly soon that you're going to see start, you're going to start seeing a bunch of pandemic projects coming out because people have been sitting at home. They're looking for something yep. to do. They're writing, they're producing yeah. thanks to, you know, pro tools and all those great things are, they're, they're able to do it at home and are coming oh, up with yeah. demos and, and writing some fantastic stuff that is also been informed by the society yeah. that we've been in the situation we've all yeah. had to endure.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's what it is. And, um, I did it because I went to New York last week to do the uh, uh, the 9/11 benefit concert, yeah. which was a blast. And um, so I, I tied in a bunch of different very American things that I've done. And but I did uh, play the uh, coming out the other side, and it was it was a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be playing it here in, a, in you know after a while uh, if you don't mind. Yeah, I,
2: and I, it's not my. It's like, and everybody's saying, oh, that that doesn't sound like you. I said, yeah, I don't want it to sound like me. It sounds like uh, I just got off the boat. It doesn't sound like a guy who scored a million you know, and it's not supposed to. It's just me in the back here, nobody else, screaming and yelling. I mean, I only scream and yell maybe two places but you can tell i'm having fun.
1: Well and that's yeah. the important thing and I, and i and i think it translates well, you know. it's i see that with uh you know you hell you even watch a film and you can say well it looks like the cast and crew had a blast with this thing because you can just kind of sense it. Yeah. And the same thing with an album. Uh, when, when somebody has made, you know, they spend a lot of time and money in a recording studio and they make a record and you can tell they, it either goes one or both ways, or, or one or the other way. It's either you had a blast or it was just a complete shit show. It was a disaster yeah. from the beginning. Right. But they just cobbled it together, they made their way through it and there it was. So so yeah, I can tell you had a pretty good time with this tune.
2: Oh yeah, it was just, like I said, I'm just back here, never went out. Um, and uh It just and when I got done with it, it's not like anything I planned to even and I had to go and do something and spot some music for a new picture and stuff that opened up so I could get on a plane and go to New York. And I just, you know, I said, listen to this for a couple of people. And there were like three or four and they all said. Okay, let us let's put it out. And I said, well, hold it. I never really, I haven't done this in a while. Anyway,
1: <laughs> things have changed just a little, just yeah. just yeah. a little yeah. bit. Yeah. yeah. So is I, I assume it's out now? It's available. Yeah. Or?
2: Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's all over the place. Yeah.
1: Wherever, yeah. wherever where, where, where sold, bought wherever sold.
2: Yeah. Well, I don't know how the obviously things are different now. The way these things are, you know. So anyway, whatever it is, it's uh, it's it's going good, and um, I've just been working on this new thing. And then you mentioned at the beginning, which maybe you see something there, this odd situation because I just had uh, Sony Classical, Sony Masterworks, which is by far the best label. If if you do a movie score, you can't get them to do it. I mean, certain people can, but only very small amount of people uh, to do uh, a score album. And they have just released my score. Ghostbusters 2, and you'll say, Jesus, when was that? Well, it was about 30 years ago, yeah. And a long story which you could understand um, my that movie, the music was 99.9% just Randy Edelman's score, yeah. But because of the first movie, which was actually years and obviously a huge hit before that. And the success of that single that was thrown in at the last minute to that movie, uh, the score was by Elma Bernstein, and it's a great, great, real uh, uh, supernatural score. It's great, really good. Um, but of course, people know the song. So in all those years that they didn't make a sequel because everybody in it wanted too much money, yeah. as what happens lots of times. Oh sure. By the time they made it. You can imagine in those five or six years, every RB hip hop artist had done a quote song, a new Ghostbusters song, not called Ghostbusters, but a song. I'm talking about everybody. There must have been, and of course, technology had changed a little. They weren't songs, they were finished records. Yeah. So when I started that thing, there were all these records. It was very political. I mean, you name the artists every one of them had done a finished record so when the movie came out and it did fantastically the soundtrack came out now that came out and instead of it being the soundtrack the film which is my score it was 15 songs that no one ever heard until the movie ended and it went to an end credit and maybe one or two of them were used as very quiet source music during the movie sure at the at the time I wasn't to the place that I became in this. And and I was just happy to get done and have the score work out great and the picture be hit. I wasn't about to complain, nor was I in any position to say, Hey, you can't do that. None of this music is really in the picture. Anyway, long story short, years go on. The picture was a big hit. Uh, I didn't care too much about it, but every once in a while, I get a call from one of these, there's a few Good soundtrack labels who kept saying, "Hey, we got to release the score," um, but I wasn't particularly into it, and I just you know went on on because I was. Then anyway, last year last year they they called and said we're going to do this and it's going to be this and it's going to be vinyl and the vinyl is going to be like pink slime. I mean they 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 were really into it, and I said, "Great, I don't believe it." Finally, they said, "Yeah, we're doing it." And they couldn't find the scores. They couldn't find my recordings. Oh, really? about okay. half. Yeah. And therein, so it's a long story. And then I go, oh, shit. And I had to figure out a way. I re-recorded uh, some stuff. And it came out great. And they have just released it, I think, last week. And it'll be out in vinyl and, in, you know, digital and everything. And it's all over the place. And they're a great company. And they did a fantastic press kit and and package and everything but it's a long 30-year story and them they you just wouldn't believe how the studios could misplace something and you think okay they're gonna find it well guess what not there you know
1: yeah it wasn't involved in that vault fire was it
2: no but that happens but no they, this was a different uh yeah that was universal Yeah, well, yeah uh, yeah uh, no, but these things are, you know, you find out, oh, they're in some place in some vault in the desert. It's like, why can't you, it's, it's hard to explain, but oh, yeah. invariably, if you go and try to find stuff, not that uh, easy to get your hands on these days, let alone the written music. So that, of course I have here, but, um, I didn't have, unfortunately, cause in the old days. It was like a contractual thing. You had to turn in everything. Sure. You'd say, Can I? no, you can't. Can I have a 15 inch tape? Of this? No, no. You need to turn it in. Great. And then years later, they lose it and they don't, they can't believe you don't have a copy. They use it. <laughs> That's frustrating. I know it's crazy. Yeah, yeah, so. Well, I guess
1: with Ghostbusters two finally coming out, which is great, I, I, you know, right here on the heels of the release of the new film right uh, you know afterlife so you know the timing of that is going to be good i'm sure it'll do well for. yeah
2: him. they there was yeah they have a whole I, I i think i see what they're going to do uh although this is independently out and got a lot of stuff going on with it um but yeah they're going to do a big uh that's what they're going to do they're going to end up tying elmer's score and and my score and whatever the the new stuff in which ivan sun directed the new yeah film, so i'm pretty good you know well,
1: that'll be, that'll be great. Uh, yeah. well, Randy, I'm going to cut you loose here. Thank you so very much for your time and, and, uh, and good luck with everything that you're working on. I know you're a busy, busy guy. Uh, your website, uh, I believe is what, yeah. is what it is. Yeah.
2: www.randyedelman.com. And, and it's, you know, it's so great now it, it always, I mean, it's only recently that I, it's fascinating. I mean, you want to hear something, I don't care if it's a cue from a film or a film score or a song from an old album, you just go to YouTube and you put in what it is. And most of the time it'll not only come up, but it sounds nice and clean. So people want to hear something. If not, obviously they can get anything on Amazon or whatever it is. I
1: I remember, I think it was like 15 years ago, some friends of mine and I were sitting around talking about the fact that there's going to be a time when everything we've ever seen or consumed in media would be available on demand at any given second. And well, we used to think that's no way that's, there's no way that can happen. Well, you're, you're here that's and we're great. living it right now, man.
2: It's, I, yeah. It's really, um, uh, it's crazy. Uh, and there are some not great aspects to it, but boy, somebody wants something or they want it's, it, it's right there.
1: That is crazy. Randy, yes. thank you so very much. Uh, please thank you. take care of yourself. Uh, stay safe and, uh,
2: you too. And I will, uh, I don't know why I had plans to go to Memphis at some point. I'll, I'll I'll stay in touch with you. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Hunt me down. And uh, you've always got a studio to work with if you're in town. So if you want to do that.
2: Okay. This has been a pleasure, which a lot of times. I can't say.
0: (laughs) I
1: can relate. I can relate. Thank you so very much.
2: Randy Edelman,
0: ladies and gentlemen. Get a taste of real Memphis with Butterific Bakery. Gourmet treats and baked goods at an affordable price to customers nationwide. Using only quality and wholesome ingredients, Butterific Bakery is the guilty pleasure that's good for you and the environment. In Memphis at 488 South 2nd Street and online at ButterificBakery.com. A taste of Memphis goodness delivered anywhere in the United States. Butterific Bakery and Cafe, butterificbakery.com. Hi, it's Olivia Munn with my shelter pets, Frankie and Chance. Say hi, guys. When I adopted them, I discovered that they both have incredible personalities. Chance's sole purpose in life is to love and to be loved. Frankie is a little bit of a scoundrel and always entertaining. They're a little bit of a lot of things, but they're all pure love. Adopt Pure Love at the shelterpetproject.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council, the Humane Society of the United States, and Maddie's Fund. Here's what's coming up on the next episode from Radio Land with Rick Cheddar. Will Crudson is here. Hello, Will.
2: Hi. How are you doing, Rick?
1: I'm um, I'm all I'm all right. I'm all right. You know, um, we're still trying to fight you know fight through this COVID-19 mess. Um, I'm I'm assuming you oh, you look good. You look like you've uh, been able to dodge this bullet pretty well
2: uh So far, so good, yeah. But who knows where that bullet's gonna find its wily way. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I get why well, you've had the same thing in Memphis, then, obviously. yeah Oh
1: yeah, it's uh, it's yeah. it was it, you know there's like about what, one and a half million people that live in in this area here, and about last I heard, we were about sixty percent vaccinated. There's a lot of people here that are just you know they're just being funny about this whole thing, but you know this is an entertainment town, so a lot of the venues got
0: closed. And,
1: a lot of bands were without work and it was just really tough and very scary for a
0: lot of people for previous episodes go to radio-memphis.com to download episodes to your mobile device search the show in itunes player.fm stitcher.com Pocket Cast, or tune in and now here's more with rick cheddar from radio land you heard what's coming up next time on the program that's will
1: prudson uh yeah that'll be fun that'll be a that'll be a big old time uh yeah will is is will's he plays with adam he's one of the ants he plays with adam and the ants among many other things he's he's a he's a he's a he's a cool dude man he's a cool righteous dude man very british british guitar when we taped that interview he noticed that over my shoulder over my right shoulder in my studio because the camera was on of course he saw that there's a couple of guitars leaning against the wall and he was asking me about them and, and it's, it won't be in the interview, but, and I'll share that story later, but it was more like, you know, I was just more annoying the neighbors, than anything else. It's not like I really have time to dabble, but that's really kind of all I do is just, is just dabble these days. That's just the way, the way it goes. So, uh, so there you go. we got some fun stuff coming here in the weeks ahead here from Radio Land. Be sure and stick around if you uh, have not bookmarked or, or saved the program or subscribed to it, please do wherever it is that you get your shows. Uh, we're available everywhere that podcasts are available and soon to be on the YouTube where you can subscribe to the channel there. And that way, everybody will know uh, to, to find out when that's going to be. Just, uh, well, I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know. Follow follow me on social media is probably the best thing I can tell you, because that's where <laughs> that's where it'll happen. It'll be Twitter uh, and uh, and the Facebook for sure. Don't know about the Instagram. Instagram. See, look, I work in the radio business. This isn't a visual thing. You know, we're going to take a picture of. What? It's the same thing. Every It seems that it's not very visually appealing, which is sort of weird. What are you going on to YouTube for, bro? Eh, because that's just kind of the thing to do, I suppose. I don't know. It'll be fun. I'm looking forward to it. It's sort of a new chapter. But as we continue on, dude, this is what, you know, we're getting close to 400 episodes of this program. That's a long time. So, uh, yeah, you got to kind of keep the thing moving and, and grooving and stuff like that. And those of you that have been with us uh, off and on throughout all this time, we appreciate it. And uh, there are some, I know they've been with us since almost day one. I hear from people all the time about this program and i have always enjoyed it. And I appreciate that to no end. Lord knows in this day and age and in this, in this industry, it's nice to have that, you know, kind of in your pocket, you know, Lord, I, I, uh, as an aside, I, uh, I was driving to work the other morning last week and I turned, I, I turned on the FM radio in my car and I knew it was bad, but I it was breathtaking. It was absolutely horrible. It was a station I used to work for here in town. And of course there's nobody there. And they had some canned ham show. It was a like, quote unquote morning show. And it was uh it was brutal. It was it was these these guys, I don't even know where they were from, and they came on and I heard one break and they did, I don't know, two minutes, maybe three minutes they tried to be funny it wasn't there they weren't here they, it was just it was just sad it was clearly voice tracked and who knows where it came from but those days it's it's I'm convinced you know those days of those wacky morning zoo shows are dead thank God they're they you know Rick don't you work mornings I do uh 9 a.m to 2 p.m central time at radio memphis.com weekdays way to work the plug <clears throat> but it's not a wacky show. Uh, it's, it's more news and inform information type stuff, but it's more silly news and things like that. And, you know, some of the music that, uh, that comes from radio Memphis. So anyway, any rate, it's, it's all there. It's, it, it, are we reinventing the wheel? No. Are we taking it back to the way it should be? I'd like to think we are. And that's part of the fun of it. So can join us as we continue on and, uh, and more fun. So between this, um, the, uh, the podcast, Radio Memphis, the new YouTube thing, the drinking with dead people thing. That's a thing as well. Go up to YouTube, search drinking for dead people. You'll find a fun little history show there. It's vastly different than what this bullshit is. I can tell you that right now. But nevertheless, it's all there. We keep pushing forward, trying to trying to make it all work, and we're glad that you're along for the ride. You heard what's coming up next time. That's it for me. I'm done. I'm out of here. Until then, please take care of yourselves. Take care of one another. and For God's sake, stop shooting each other. All right, and I say that after what happened in Carville, which is a suburb—it's another not suburb—it's another town uh, east of Memphis. It's about it's about a half hour or so from where I'm sitting right now, and the the mass shooting that occurred there uh, last week was uh, was horrific, and you know it's just indicative of you know all the crazy things that are going on in this world, and I hope that people can deal with this and find a solution. I don't know what it is. If anybody's got one, feel free to to share it. In the meantime, like I said, take care of yourselves. Take care of one another. For God's sake, please stop shooting each other. I'm Rick Cheddar, and this has been from Radioland.